Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. And welcome back, everybody. Once again, we're Bill and Matt, Simplify Jesus, where we're breaking barriers through communication. And we're talking about Joseph and all of his struggles and kind of the the, the, the trials that he's been through. Uh, last week, he was sold as a slave and working with Potiphar in Egypt, who was one of Pharaoh's officers and uh, captain of the guard. And for a while, everything was going great until Potiphar's wife had to step in and screw things up. <laughs> Potiphar had put him in charge of just about everything because everything he touched seemed to prosper. Yeah. So why not, right? Take advantage of that. But when Potiphar's wife decided she liked him and... Hmm. Um, I guess she wanted to prosper too. Uh, <laughs> right. She she continued to make passes at him and ultimately tricked him or tricked Potiphar into thinking that Joseph made a pass and Joseph got thrown in jail. So yeah, he's um, not doing too good right now. I imagine he's not too happy. So uh, we're going to continue on with this story and see where where he lands at the end of this and how how things kind of shape up for him. So what, yeah. what's going on here, Matt? Yeah, so so Joseph, we we find him in prison now, um, and similar tune to the start of this story, everything that he touches turns to gold. Everything he did in prison, even, was going well for him. So much so that the warden put him in charge of other prisoners, even while he was a prisoner himself. I want to know what this dude's work ethic was like, right? And what, <laughs> how he got all of these promotions? Yeah, I mean the idea that he's going to be in charge of anything like as a slave is one thing, but then he's in charge of people as a prisoner. This is crazy prisoner. And he's in charge and he's basically doing the warden's job. Yeah. Okay. You know, and similar to when he was with Potiphar, everything that the warden put Joseph in charge of went well, right? He didn't worry about it. Everything was going good. And so he just left Joseph to his own devices. You know, and it kind of makes you wonder, we don't have this detail, but it it does make you wonder if Potiphar may have like given a little tip like, hey, this guy's not a bad guy. Mm. I don't know what happened here, but, you know, so maybe there was some trust there already built. But, I mean, regardless, like we talked about last week, Joseph kept his eyes on God. Everything went as well as it could have in the situation. He got put in minimum security prison because he was a good dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what it seems like anyway, for sure. White color crimes, or is it <laughs> right. blue color crimes? I don't know. Yeah, whichever one of those. White yeah. color, good TV show. Um, <laughs> so, um, so while he's in prison, he meets two former officers to Pharaoh. These officers were the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. So, so what I'm hearing is, if you're in charge, you get you get thrown in jail. <laughs> that's yeah yeah if if you work for if you work for one of the big wigs and you've got any responsibility you're you're yeah you're on the chopping block so back in those days the chief cupbearer his primary responsibility was making sure that any drinks that pharaoh was gonna consume were good enough quality and make sure that it wasn't poisoned or spoiled in some way right he was there to make sure that anything any drinks that pharaoh had were in good shape similar with the chief baker any foods that he had, um, went through the chief baker first, tested them out, made sure it was all good, and then sent it on to Pharaoh. So maybe Potiphar was a picky eater and drinker, and he said, I didn't like the way that tasted. Go to jail. 
Right. I mean, I, I kind of wonder if, if Pharaoh here had a, uh, you know, had a stomach bug that came through or something. It's like, <laughs> you two guys, y'all are out. Because we don't know why. It doesn't ever say why they were in jail, but the fact that both of them were sent to jail, something didn't go well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pharaoh, Pharaoh was not happy, which if you've had a bad stomach bug, I wish I could send some people to jail for that. <laughs> um, get them out of here. But regardless of why they ended up here, just so happens that they are under Joseph's watch. Again, God working everything together for the good, right? Mm. Just so happened to be under Joseph's watch. And both of them have dreams that were really similar, uh, but they were unique to each one, but they had some similar aspects to them. So in the cupbearer's dream. Now, hold on. I'm going to back up. Yeah. Now, y'all remember that this is how Joseph got in trouble to begin with. Ah. Was, was dreams with his brothers. He interpreted his brother's dreams. and Well, he Joseph had dreams and... His oh, brothers. that's right. Yeah, that's right. Joseph had his own dreams and interpreted them mm-hmm. and then went and told his brothers what his dream said. So now we're in prison and back to the dream thing. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he may be a little skittish at this point. <laughs> um, but so, so the cupbearer has a dream. And in this dream, there were vines in front of him with three buds. And these buds blossomed. They turned into grapes. And the cupbearer picked them squeezed him into Pharaoh's cup and handed it to Pharaoh. So pretty, pretty straightforward. Nothing too crazy there. In the baker's dream, he had three baskets of bread for Pharaoh on his head, but the birds came in and ate the bread out of the basket while he was holding it. There's nothing intuitive about these dreams that you can say, okay, this means da 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 da, right? Just like with Joseph's dreams, how they connected the dots that the stars and the sun and moon were Joseph's family. Yeah. That's divine intervention. Uh, You've got the credit for that. But Joseph, as we've, as we've been saying, he relied on God. And so he steps in and says, hey, I can tell you the interpretation of these dreams. He's got a little divine intervention going on there. And he tells each one of them what their dream means. And so for the chief cupbearer, and the interpretation is that in three days' time, he would be restored to service uh, by Pharaoh, that he would be back as Pharaoh's cupbearer. But for the chief baker, after those same three days, that he would be hung by Pharaoh. Knowing that this was coming and trusting that God's interpretation was going to come true, he had one request for the cupbearer that whenever he was restored to Pharaoh, that he remembered him so that he could be set free. I mean, he hasn't done anything wrong at this point. He was imprisoned unfairly. And so he said, hey, just just remember me whenever you get up there and uh, help, help me out. Yeah, it definitely had to be a divine intervention. Um, I had forgotten up until you actually said that, uh, what those interpretations were mm-hmm. and what bread and grapes and one's going to be restored and one's going to be hung. Yep. It, it definitely had to be God saying, this is what it is. Right. Do you ever have those feelings, I guess, of when you read a piece of scripture where it's like, there is no way I could understand that without God uh, kind of giving that to me? For sure. Yeah. Especially when you get into, well... On really on both sides of the equation. So one is with the Old Testament. So much of it is just different than like how we talk about things, right? It's all from a pre-Jesus context, and so it just doesn't. A lot of times, it just doesn't make sense. And culture and everything else that goes along with it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But but then even in the New Testament, like the way that Jesus talks about things, and then Paul talks about things, and and their cultural context and all of that. Yeah, there's. There's stuff without that extra help uh, mm-hmm. from the Holy Spirit. I, it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. I'm I'm not the encyclopedia that Matt is, so I couldn't <laughs> tell you uh, where it says this. But I know that God says, 
you know, if we are in relationship with him, that he's going to help us understand more of what he says than if we weren't. Yeah, it's, you know, the one of the promises that we have in the Bible is that when uh, when we accept Christ, that the Holy Spirit comes in and indwells us. And so that's, uh, Jesus says before he uh, goes to the cross that Jesus tells the disciples that he's he's about to go away. His, his time on earth is coming to an end. But he says it's a good thing because he's going to send a counselor down to help them go throughout the rest of their life. And I think that's in John 15, John 15 or 16, somewhere right in that range. And so we have that promise that we're going to have that guide to go through life. And a big part of that is, like you said, is an interpretation of scripture, understanding how to handle situations. You know, it's almost like a, a conscience. Um, yeah. But it's from God's perspective. Um, right. Yeah. Well, and that's what I've always equated the Holy Spirit to is, you know, everybody else just calls it a conscience mm-hmm. or people believe in luck. Well, you know, I, we as Christians don't necessarily believe in luck. We believe in God blessing us mm-hmm. and him putting us in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. or just saying, here you go. You've done a good job. I'm going right. to bless you with this. Yeah. Um, just like he seems to be doing to Joseph. Yeah. Right now. Absolutely. Well, maybe not right now. He is still in jail, but <laughs> coming up eventually. <laughs> That's right. It, it all works out. It all works out. So after three, these three days had passed, both of the things that Joseph told him, the, the cupbearer being restored to service and the chief baker uh, being hung, both of them happened. But of course, as you can imagine, the cupbearer forgot all about Joseph. So um, here Joseph is in prison. He's told these guys he's interpreted their dreams. But another two years go by. And then all of a sudden, Pharaoh has a couple of dreams. In Pharaoh's first dream, uh, there are seven healthy, good-looking cows grazing in a field. Then seven ugly, skinny, nasty-looking cows come up and eat the healthy ones. Which, you know... But they're herbivores. <laughs> they're, they're herbivores. And <laughs> it just... I don't know what that dream looked like, but <laughs> it can't have been anything pleasant to dream about. Ugh. I, I go to the old Mickey Mouse cartoons where the different animals are eating. The, oh, it yeah. looks weird. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I like that image better. I'm going to go with that one. But then he has another dream that was uh, pretty similar in nature. There were seven good-looking heads of grain that were eaten up by seven ugly, worn-out, sun-beaten heads of grain. And so you know, Pharaoh has these two dreams back-to-back, I think in the same night. And, uh, of course he's confused by this, he's distraught, but he knows it means something. He's, he's got this feeling down inside, I guess, that there's something more to these dreams here, which, you know, it, all this talk about dreams, it makes me really glad that some of the dreams that I've had have not had any kind of, you know, deeper meaning or anything to them. Cause there's, there's been some funky ones out there. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask if you, if you thought that maybe those dreams that, you know, the dreams that we have today are like this, where they are more than likely going to mean something. But I'm going to also add that we've got so much outside information mm-hmm. going into our heads constantly mm-hmm. that it's got to just get everything all muddied up and, and, and our dreams are going to be jacked up mm-hmm. stress and, and overwork and health issues and the world and everything else that's going on mm-hmm. TV. Like they didn't have all this stuff that we have, access to we they they couldn't see what was going on across the country right um like we can Mm -hmm. and i think the other thing too is that you know this was a way that god communicated with people back then and it's not that he can't do that now but it's i don't think it's as common as it used to be because we have the bible we've got um, preachers and teachers who are studied up in the word not so there's 
different ways that God communicates, um, you know, speaking through prophets, so to speak, and all of that. Um, well, and I think it's also because we are so um, distracted. Right, right. And so, you know, if he did, we're not going to hear him probably. It, Exactly right, and so he's got he's got different means and methods because we're in a different era, different culture, and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, I wonder if it's by design or if we've just put ourselves in that position mm-hmm. to where we've got to get back to simple life so that we can hear what he's yeah. trying to say. Yeah, I mean, God could just reach in and you know grab us by the throat and say, "Listen to me." Yeah, um, <laughs> right. But he also wants us to come to him. That's the right. main thing. Right. Yeah. You, you go back to, um, you know, Genesis three, we talked about the fall and where mm-hmm. sin came in. It's all because we have free will. So we, we, we make those choices, but there's a, there's a verse that a lot of people like to quote during kind of crazy times. Psalm forty six ten says, be still and know that I am God and, and different you know translations say, you know, stop striving or stop fighting or whatever. But the point is stop, be, be quiet, still. <laughs> be still and remember that God is God. Right. And today's society that is tough to do um and i think it's always been tough but especially today it feels like there's always distractions around well let's think about even trying to do a bible study just or just a quiet time we're so worn out from all the crap that we're Mm -hmm. doing all through the week yeah i know when i sit there in the morning and i'm reading the bible my eyes i just start drifting right (laughs) Right. i mean I'm, i'm tired yeah and i have to stay mentally and physically active to not just fall asleep at my desk yeah so I think there's just a whole big mess of, of busyness and, mm-hmm. and just extra stuff that we yeah. don't need in our lives mm-hmm. that keeps us from hearing from God. You know, I, I actually read an article today, a real brief article that was talking about the importance of being bored sometimes. Mm-hmm. And because that's oh, where you tell cre- our kids that all the time. Yeah. Like that's where your creativity flourishes and that's where you can be still and learn and your brain gets to process and all of that. There's actually, that was in a, a book that, um, you and I both read and I'm, uh, Jordan Rainer's, uh, yeah, redeeming, redeeming your time. He, you know, he talked about the importance of taking that unplugged time so that your brain can process. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that's, we don't do that. We're not still enough a lot. And, and I think that's why, you know, one, while we don't have instances like this where, where we're spoken to in dreams, but And I'm, I'm talking about kids camp a lot because I'm just coming off of it. And and it was such a good experience, but there were times in worship at kids camp where I had very clear, you know, pulls and tugs on me of like, this is, this is stuff you I've got for you that that's going on that had I not been in that environment and Mm -hmm. focused on, Hey, this is what I'm here to do that I would not have been in tune with guarantee it. If I had been walking through day-to-day life, I would have missed it. Well, and I think about just interactions with people, with my kids, with my family. Yeah. If I'm got my nose in my phone and one of my mm-hmm. kids is trying to get my attention, I get frustrated. What do you want? What? <laughs> right. I'm right. not doing anything. I'm focused on Facebook or whatever, you know? Right. But if I put the phone away mm-hmm. and I've, another example, I was, I took him fishing mm-hmm. and I was trying to fish too, mm-hmm. but it couldn't. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm trying I've got to help them. They're needing me. <laughs> right. right. They're 12 and nine. At the time, I think they were like 10 and seven, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, during this particular instance. Yeah. And I, I had to take a step back, put the fish, my fishing pole down mm-hmm. and just focus on them. And I had more fun than yep. I, than I ever, re- than I had in a long time hanging out with the kids. Yeah. You know, we have to focus on what's important at the time mm-hmm. and all it, all the, the media, the interaction, the, the media, the distractions of Facebook and all the social media stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just 
that's just making a mess of our lives. It is. And, and it's created this, um, this thing where we can't ever be still, we can't ever be quiet. Like the, the idea that we don't have some kind of media coming in, whether it's TV or a movie or social media or our phone or whatever it is that we're not constantly doing something is just foreign to a lot of people. I mean, the, the current generation of, um, kids and youth doesn't know a world without cell phones. Mm -mm. Um, and you know, and, and honestly it's, it's, um, hard to remember that for me. I mean, I got, so I got my first phone, I think when I was in middle school. Yeah. So there's a, there were a few good years in there before we had cell phones and all that. But even then we had video games. There was a lot of media distraction, even then um, computers coming on the scene and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, today's kids and youth really don't probably don't really understand what it means to be bored and to just let your mind go. And, and that those creativity genes and all that stuff, it's, it's really lost. It is, you know, our kids are, you know, when they say, I'm bored, I don't know what to do. You know, they have 10,000 things at that house to do. <laughs> right. You know, we bought them a $1,500 playground that they rarely touch, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. go outside, go play, right. go play in the dirt, go throw a rock. I don't know, go do something. Yeah. Or sit and think. It's okay mm -hmm. that you're bored. We tell them that all the time. Okay, you're bored. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but also when they're bored... I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I need help. Can I play on this? Can I do this? Can I? And we're like, fine, here's your electronics, you know? So that's on us too. Sure. It's on a lot of parents too. <laughs> um, and, and it's, it is a, uh, it's the default, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, is okay. You're bored. Let me give you something. And, mm -hmm. and that's, I mean, I, I do that with the kids I work with the church. Like it's, you know, when, when we have, there's, always a need to fill the gap mm -hmm. um and and the quiet space is kind of this i don't know what to do with that but but to but to circle it back around i think that's why god communicates with us differently now than he used to is because wasn't a whole lot going on back then i don't know what they did for fun and mm -hmm. all, but i know they didn't have what we have today right. and so and so god spoke to them in different ways and, dr and dreams was definitely one of them yeah um, and so um so when pharaoh has these dreams he starts calling in uh, magicians and wise men and nobody can figure it out which granted if you're thinking about those dreams i mean seven ugly cows eating seven good ones and seven ugly heads of grain you know i wouldn't get it either i'd be a little freaked out um some stephen king weird <laughs> <laughs> movie going on in my head there um but the chief cupbearer comes before pharaoh and he says you know there was a guy in prison that he interpreted my dream and exactly like he said it would happen is how it went down. Um, so there's a Hebrew man there. Maybe you should talk to him. So Pharaoh goes, he calls him up out of prison. Now, not Potiphar. Now we're head honcho Pharaoh. Yeah. 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 Ph Pharaoh, Pharaoh. This is, yeah, this is the big dog. Yeah. Um, Pharaoh calls him up out of prison and uh, tells him about his dreams. And Joseph interpreted them saying that these were the same message, but because he had two different dreams, had the message twice that it was for sure going to happen, locked in. God has decided this is what was going to happen. Um, he said there's going to be seven years of great plentiful harvest, followed by seven years of extreme famine. And so um, because of this, Pharaoh was completely amazed at his ability to interpret these dreams. He not only let him out of prison, but he made him second in command over all of Egypt, second only to Pharaoh himself. So now he's over Potiphar, the one yeah. who put him in prison. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Take that. 
Well, and 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 he's an outsider, right? I I don't know culturally, you know how the Israelites, the the small little, you know, they weren't really a nation yet; it was just a family. But how they interacted with the Egyptians and all that. But I mean, this is an outsider coming in; he's second in command. That's, that's got to be a big deal. And so here's Joseph; he's thirty years old at this point. He's second only to Pharaoh, and his job now is to make sure that Egypt handles these seven good years well, so that they can survive the seven years of famine. And sure enough, when the famine hits, it hits everywhere hard. In fact, we'll talk about this with the the worldwide view, but there's evidence to suggest that this was a worldwide famine, not just territorial. But Egypt was prepared because of God's wisdom through Joseph that he gave to Pharaoh. Pharaoh acted on that, put Joseph in charge. But what's so cool to see is how Joseph was in just the right place at the right time to be able to make this happen and to bless not only himself and take care of himself but all of egypt and we'll see um even his family that rejected him oh so like luck right oh no i just said that's not a thing yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) you know what actually matt since you brought it up why don't we go into what was happening in the rest of the world considering what's going on in egypt right now with with joseph that's a pretty big deal for egypt to have been as prepared as they are yeah so and this is something really interesting. I hadn't heard this before, but I was doing some research for, for this episode. Um, and according to Answers in Genesis, which is a really cool resource for basically proving the Bible is true. Um, they, they find connections and find artifacts in archaeology that proves the, the validity of the Bible. Um, there's an article in uh, Nature magazine that says there's evidence of a mega drought roughly 4,200 years ago, which would have been around 2200 BC. So the story of Joseph, um, based on the timeline of the Bible, we think it's closer to 1700 BC, but there are issues with carbon dating. And so, you know, the accuracy of, you know, 4,200 versus 3,700 years ago, either way, it's a long time ago. It's negligible. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so there's evidence that this that this drought was not only in Egypt, and we know it was in Israel um, because of what happens next in our story, or Canaan technically, but that this was a worldwide significant famine that happened. So there's there's a real chance that Joseph, being in the position he was in, prepared Egypt, but through that, blessed not only himself and Egypt and the immediate surrounding area but this could have been a worldwide issue they got put in place and put joseph in just the right place to be able to take care of at least that surrounding area obviously south america they're not gonna you know europe africa like there are certain places that aren't going to make it there but we know that this was a more widespread it wasn't just a local little issue that there's evidence that this was worldwide yeah even if we're still in a position where the continents hadn't separated yet right Um, there's still going to be a ton of people that aren't going to get get over there. Right. That's, that would be still be a long way to, to travel. Mm-hmm. So as we say each week, we're doing this because all things point to Jesus. And mm-hmm. we're, what we're trying to do is simplify Jesus, right? And show everybody how it all ties together. I think we talk about it quite often throughout the story as well, mm-hmm. because Jesus is in everything. The Holy Spirit's in everything. Mm-hmm. Even before <laughs> there, even before he <laughs> right. sent the Holy Spirit, right? Right. But... What would you say is the the main focus here as to how it points to Jesus? Well, so I think the Holy Spirit is exactly it. That's that's what came to mind thinking of Joseph's ability to interpret the cupbearer and the baker's dream and then Pharaoh's dreams. 
is he relied on and gave credit to God in both of those situations. And so I mentioned this verse earlier, um, John 16, 7. Uh, Jesus says, Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away, because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. And so the counselor he's talking about is the Holy Spirit, the conscience we talked about earlier. And so we have that as Christians, when we accept Christ, when we put our faith in him, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And in another passage in Luke 12, verses 11 and 12, Jesus says, Whenever they bring you before synagogues and rulers and authorities, don't worry about how you should defend yourselves or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what must be said. And so when we think about how this this part of Joseph's story points to Jesus, we see evidence here again of what he taught, that that we have the Holy Spirit when we need him. Um, they, the Holy Spirit's always with us. Let me point that out first. But the Holy Spirit's going to give us what we need when we need it. Um, in Joseph's case, it was the interpretation of dreams. And then it was wisdom to guide Pharaoh and Egypt into how to handle the seven good years so that when the seven years of famine hit, they were ready for it. Um, I would also argue that it's strength to get through all these bad times that he's going no through. No kidding. <laughs> No kidding. I don't think I would have turned out as well. Um, no. it's, I think at some point I would have given up. Mm-hmm. God, what are you doing to me? Mm-hmm. Um, but he stayed steady the whole way through, right? And he does the same thing in our lives. He guides us through, helps us see open doors that he's leading us through, puts us in different places, different situations. And if only we'll put our faith in God and lean into him, we'll know what he, why he has us where he has us and what we need to be doing there. For sure. For sure. Man, I'm enjoying this study on Joseph, <laughs> getting a little deeper into kind of the way everybody's thinking about things and, mm-hmm. and the way things are done. And the guy just had it hard yeah, um, in a lot of ways, but each time he came out on top. That's right. And I think like Joseph, we just got to have faith that God does have it under control and we've got to make sure we're doing the right things because mm-hmm. if we're not doing the right things, uh, we're going to. Our pastor Jacob said in a sermon not too long ago, there are three ways that sin can affect you. Sin that you're causing, mm-hmm. sin that somebody else is causing, or something that God's causing mm-hmm. uh, by allowing something to uh, to happen or allowing Satan to mm-hmm. tempt you. But God also says that he's not going to give us any more temptation than we can handle. But that's through him. We got to trust in him. We got to lean mm-hmm. into him to get through that temptation. Um just like Joseph did with the wife last mm-hmm. week. And I don't know, I'm sure there was a lot of other temptations of mm-hmm. easier ways out than sitting through prison and just waiting. Yeah, and, and even even the temptation to walk away from God, right? Mm-hmm. To say, you know what, God, you're going to put me through all this, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, even that alone. Cause, because what it, the, the other thing that it says with not giving support that we can handle is that we're always going to have a way out. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're always going to have an ability to exit out of a situation. Do we take the exit? Do we get ourselves out of those bad situations or not? That's where that's where the decision comes mm-hmm. in. But God is not going to put us in a situation that we can't handle if we rely on him to get us through it and, and take his take his exits when we can. The other thing is that we've got to remember is Jesus has been through all this stuff, mm-hmm. right? He went through he went through temptation the forty days in the desert or in the wilderness. He went through the cross, which is unbelievably unbearable as anything we can imagine yeah. um, going through. And that's the same guy who gave us the Holy Spirit to counsel us through the life we go through. So he's been there, done that. Yeah, it's not like he doesn't understand what we're going through. That's right. Which is why he did that. So the more you know. The more you know. (laughs) All right, Matt. Well, I am looking forward to next week. 
mm-hmm. where we are going to talk about a very interesting story <laughs> of Joseph and his family coming back together in the land of Egypt. And if you haven't read this before, it's it's pretty crazy the way it all kind of goes down. And Joseph can be pretty sly when he wants to. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's going to have some fun with this one. Yeah, he is. So... Uh, if y'all want to follow along, uh, we're going to be in Genesis 42 through 47. This is a long, longer part of the story, but um, definitely well worth the read. It's very interesting the way it all works. Absolutely. Well, that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week. If you would, uh, join us on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Go like, share, and spread the good news of Jesus, just like we're trying to do every week through our podcast. You can find our podcast and all of our social media information at our website, www.simplifyjesus.com. You can also find our podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts. If you don't see us there, let us know. We'd love to be there. Shoot us a note at info at simplifyjesus.com. Any comments, questions, concerns, good, better, ugly, we would love to hear from you. Let us know how we're doing, what we can do better, and what's going well. With that, I think that's going to do it for us this week. See ya.